This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, John. Yourself? Not too bad. Cool. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was good. There was turkey. <laughs> good turkey to be had. How about yours? Sweet. Yeah, it's like great having the family over. So again, scenes people haven't seen in quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, so that was all. That was all good. Yep, exactly. So, uh, what do you have for us this week? Okay, well, going back to that um, endless well of uh, material that is Star Wars, but you know, not at um, Star Wars from Dark Horse has been in, been the subject of so many on um, previous podcasts, but no Star Wars from Marvel because it's like after getting the license from. Back from Dark Horse, um, be, like, um, beginning of the year, Marvel has um, pumped out a ton of ton of Star Wars comics. In the meantime, to the, to the point where right now you, there are five volumes um, of like a material out out for your perusal right now. It's like along with um, a couple more like um, just ready to go in the pipe. It's like in the pipeline, and it's all meant to cash in on the. Uh, it's like on the on the uh, fevered um, anticipation for Star Wars: um, The Force Awakens. So, while um, I am of mixed um, feelings about that, in the sense that you know, of course, it's Star Wars. Of course, I'm going to go see it, but I just don't think that the guy who decided it was a good idea to rehash all the um, most famous parts in the Wrath of Khan in the uh, second um, Star Trek movie, um, I mean Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Wars, Star Trek Into Darkness, God damn it, um, is the guy to um, really um, bring Star Wars like into the future. That being said, it will be nice to see a Star Wars film where, the, where good acting is done um, because of good direction, as opposed to it's like as opposed to in spite of the direction itself. So that's that's all I'll say right there. But as far as the comics themselves go, they're mostly a pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good, and pretty satisfying. Um, satisfying read, satisfying reads for the most part. Starting with um, the main Star Wars title um, by by Jason Aaron and um, John Cassidy. This first volume is called Star- Skywalker Strikes, and um, it has pretty much like everything you could ask for in a like in a, in a in a Star Wars story. It's got yeah, Luke, Han, Leia, um, Chewbacca. It's like C three PO and R two. It's like all, starts off in a um, big. It's like a big bold, um, like, like um, big bold heist to um get to, like, to take out the the empires. It's like em- the empires on big weapons production, like on um, production factory on on this one moon. Things start things go well for a while until it's like right right up until the point where they where they don't, and that and now it's that's upon every everyone to just. Like from Honda, like you know, make with make with the sweet talking and it's like in the blaster fire. Luke busts out his lightsaber and lay and make with the precision fire. It's like and and um every it's like and it's things it's like and things um you know keep going like you know keep going um bad keep going well up until the point when Darth Vader shows up and then things um really really hit the fan. This first this first volume is a it's like a it's a big bold Star Wars type. Star Wars action and adventure where it's like it kind of like throws all the big moments you'd expect, like Luke having another confrontation with Vader, the uh, it's like the, t- the, Re- the rebels getting their hands on an ATAT going, and I'm taking that to uh, to take take on Vader. Let's see, Let's see, and then oh, what else? Oh, um, Vader um, making nice with um, Jabba as we'll find out later in his own series. 
it's like Luke, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, um, it's like what Obi-Wan had to, it's like, um, had, had in store for him. And also, um, Han and Leia, you know, I'm um, showing their, um, their, you know, romantic, their quasi romantic in, it's like interest while, see, while all, but, um, getting, um, derailed at the very end by, um, a, um, interesting figure from, from Han Solo's past. Oh, and Boba Fett shows up as well. It's it's big. It's fun. It's like in the art from Cassidy is is fantastic. Aaron's got a great handle on the characters. So, and you know, it's like it really feels kind of bad to um you know say or no churlish to say that you know say say this is like this isn't a this isn't a good comic because it is. But the thing is, it does feel kind of like the uh, comic book equivalent of blowing your load way too early. Why? Because well, hey, there he's wheeling out Vader. He's wheeling out Boba Fett. Hey, Jabba's in there for good measure. It's like all the stuff that um, that you'd expect to see, um, you know, wheeled out at some at some point. That you kind of feel like, hey, you know, you should, like you know, maybe just like you know, you want to build up to this at some point. But no, Aaron just throws all this stuff right at the beginning. So it's kind of like, okay, you've got your big like big um, fight against Vader. You got Boba Fett showing up. Well. Where do you go from here? That's the big question, and um, we'll see where that where that goes. I mean, he's got not saying he doesn't have plans. I mean, like Luke gets this um gets this um book um from Obi Wan Kenobi's um hut at the end of end of the volume, and well, there is that mysterious figure, or well, not she's not mysterious. You'll find out exactly what her relationship is to Han at the end of the volume, and that that's kind of that's pretty interesting in and of itself. But um, even even so, it's kind of like you know, is this going to be more interesting than seeing the um, seeing our heroes go toe to toe with um, Vader and Boba Fett, like in the first volume, with art by John Cassidy, which Cassidy is like absolutely fan- fantastic. Really, it's like like even though the um, next art's going to have art from Stuart Amonin, it, um, it's kind of like yeah, it's, it's um, Cassidy kind of sets a pretty high pretty high bar to follow here, so. So overall, I mean, the first drama, Skywalker Strikes, is um, it's like is is good fun, but you know, it's like, where? Like I said, the question is, like, I feel sorry for volumes after that because you know, like I said, where do you go from here? Having the, it's like, on the other hand, though, um, the best of the bunch, um, is uh, Kieran Gillen's um, Darth Vader ongoing series with art from Salvador La Roca. Um, this is a, now, this. Is a is a great great series because it's like you know re, not only because it's because he's dealing with an inc- very tricky um like setup here in fact because basically you're dealing with um Vader right after the uh, it's like the destruction of the first first Death Star and um so he's in a he's in a weakened position in his standing with the like with his standing with the Emperor but you know how do you portray you know a weakened Vader but also, you know, but also still maintain that air of badassness that he's known for. Well, Gillen um, um, tra- um, treads that line very well here, show- um, fi- showing the Vader is showing um, um, doing a good job of portraying Vader's um, like utter ruthlessness and cunning as well, and also making some nice um, makes, makes some nice parallels against um, Aaron's uh, own Star Wars title, like seeing him. Like seeing his earlier interaction with, like with Jabba, is actually it's like it's quite quite is um it's a good amount it's a good deal of fun. It's like, 
and and it's just like it's just cool to see Vader just you know like tor- like torment all those lesser t- like l- l- lower in stature than him. I mean, seeing him force choke Jabba, good times. And even though it's like you know he is second only to the Emperor, it's like that means like everyone else. It's like everyone else who is um who's under who's underneath him is kind of fair game. Such as when he's um such, such as when he's put under the control of a uh, it's like it's like of a star of one of the uh, like of, of a star destroyer captain, and um and even though it's like this guy meant is um he's of the opinion that you know hey Vader you're just a blunt interest instrument who's best wielded by someone uh, Vader it's like he's he does a good job of letting everyone know, of letting the man know that yeah it's true but hey you know it's still extremely dangerous here it's like and I mean and even though like um um Guylan, he's he's been a he's a very funny very witty writer um he he keeps that um that that tone out of Vader for the most part just channeling his just making him like you know very very ruthless and imposing but keeping all the fun witty dialogue for the supporting characters like um like the like the droids um like the droids triple zero and b it's like and b4 it's like these and these droids are kind of like the uh start get some special mention because they are kind of like the uh mirror universe versions of um of c of um c3po and r r2 in the sense that um Triple Zero is a protocol droid with assassination features, and B four is just you know really. Um, let's see. Oh, BT one. My bad. <laughs> Where did B four come from? I don't know. BT is well. He's just R two on like uh, on a bad fucking mood trip the entire entire time. So it's so these so these two great fun great fun to see, especially when you know Triple Zero tells him, "Oh, I've got some bad news." Uh, I like I. Like uh, after um inter- after um interrogating um like a uh, a guy that Vader wants to get some information out of it's like well I got some good news and some bad news well good good news is I've gotten everything that I wish to know from him it's like very well Vader's like oh very well you made you made of him I was like oh well then I have doubly good news for you so it's like you know fun stuff like that and I'm also along for the ride is a uh, Doctor Afra who um knows a lot of stuff about um it's like about it's like about about old old school weapons, it's like and it's like and how how to best use them. Uh, she's very interesting because after because um from her very because clever readers will will be able to observe from her from her opening sequences that she is basically um, Star Wars version of Indiana Jones. So so I mean right down to the point where um she's she's chastising um someone who has just um stopped her from getting this um circuit board. It's like she says, it should be in an armory. Well, yeah, it's like it's, it's an as I don't know the difference between an homage and a ripoff is that hey, you know, like we, we like an, an homage is something if we like it, it's an homage. If it's a ripoff, it, it's it's a ripoff. We don't like it. This is something I like very much. So, Gillen gets gets um gets max points for his homage here. So, but um in the end though, it's like when um Vader uh. We see that Vader has, has um, managed to track down this um, secret program the uh, the Emperor has been running. Well, he finds out that that you know the Emperor. Well, he was a bit more disappointed in him after his failure with the Death Star than he initially let on. To the point that well, you know Vader. Well, you know he he may he actually is um, kind of replaceable. So so in the sense that you know hey we've got like 
we've got like the, this Vader in a diminished place, but you know he's still got his like his plans and his means to just you know like to get get it, get his status back. No, not just get his status back, but to also you know find a way to um over to um claim everything for himself to overthrow the Emperor and make the everything he has his as um Vader's as well. So it's a great so it's a great setup for future stories, and I'm definitely I'm looking for. And I definitely feel much better about the future of um, Darth Vader than I than I do about um, it's like um, Aaron Star Wars series. Now, the other um, ongoing series they've released the first collection for. Well, it's kind of handicapped by its format, really. Um, I'm talking about um, Kanan, the Last Padawan. Now, those of you um, probably see if you've seen um, the uh, Star Wars Rebels show. Know that this is the uh, story about um, about the history of um, of Kan of Kanan Jarrus um, back when he was um, a, pa- a Padawan named um, Caleb Doom, or or rather, right when um, he stopped being um, a Padawan after his um, master was killed after Order sixty six was given. When that happens, he's find he finds himself um, thrust out into a uh, it's like it's like into an unforgiving ga- it's like unforgiving galaxy, and um, and um, winds up um, falling in with this um, with this shifty rogue named um, named Janus Kasmir to um, make to make ends meet. It's like it's it's like and it's just it's just showing you know, how he it's like how this it's like how this um, wide-eyed Jedi wide-eyed Padawan basically um, learned to uh, learn to rely on himself as opposed to just you know following the uh, you know following the whims of others. So it's it's a solid solid enough story, and it's and the best part is it's written by. Um, by one of the creators of the first season, um, Greg Wiseman, who also has a long history in animation with work on like Ultimate Sp- titles like Ultimate Spider-Man and um, most significantly in my book Gargoyles. So he's got, so he's got a good handle on it's like on um, it's like on uh, K- it's like on Kanan as a kid. It's like and the story itself does does um, flesh out a, like does a good job fleshing out his backstory and just you know showing showing us how he became the uh, you know the person he is he. He was in the, uh, he is in the Rebels series. Now the problem here is that you know, this is clearly meant to be the you know the book for for people who want to read um who who are into Star Wars Rebels, but um it's also set up as a kind of and um and it's also a uh, but it's also set up as a flashback series as well. Now I think the series was originally meant to be like a mini series because when you get to the end of issue five, it reads like, you know, this is kind of, this is it, that this is like, you know, we've reached the end of the story and, um, well, it's like, and this is, and this is good. You know, it's like, Hey, you know, it's a solid, solid origin, origin story for the character and it works, works really well on its own terms. Then you get to the, to the uh, next issue and it's like, Oh, well, it's kind of the star Wars rebels story. Um, as as we head back, as they head back to the planet that um, that most of the uh, first arc took took place on, and um, Kanan has to um, has to settle like um, has to um, sort out um, the the trouble they've run into after their after the team's cargo goes missing, and he has to track it down. He wants to track it down by himself without letting anyone know too much about you know his history with the planet. So. So the thing is, though, it's like you know, I have no objections that this is going to turn into a uh, you know Star Wars Rebels series, but it does read kind of awkwardly if this is meant to be you know for a series that is called Kanan the Last Padawan to suddenly transition to be you know being like Star Wars Rebels the series. So yeah, 
kind of so yeah kind of tricky kind of kind of awkward and i i've also read seen that apparently the next arc is going to um, focus is going to go back even further into uh, Kanan's um, Padawan days. So it's like, well, is this going to be the Rebel series, or is this going to be just, you know, flashback, um, Kanan flashback, the series? We'll see. What, what we get here is still pretty entertaining, and if you've seen um, Star Wars Rebels, then, you know, you're pro- it's, worth, it's worth, worth checking out for the insight it, it affords into, its, it's like into one of its lead characters. So, also, though, um, like in addition to these, these are the ongoing series, and um, in addition to them, Marvel has been putting out a bunch of um, mini-series as well, spotlighting several different characters, and also fleshing, and also leading up to the, uh, to the movie proper. The first of these mini-series to be collected is Star Wars Princess Leia, um, from writer Mark Wade and artist Terry Dodson. Um, and Mark Wade, well, dude's been writing um, great comics for um, well over two decades now, and um, don't. It's like well, he doesn't have a whole lot of um. Whole, don't do a, he doesn't do a whole lot of um licensed work, but he actually does does t- um tell tell a pretty pretty good Princess Leia story here. I mean, it starts off you know kind of kind of conventional with um Leia, um. Let's see, with Leia just um, see trying to trying to figure out your um being sidelined after the uh, the events of the, the events of Episode Four. And just because basically she's she's a she's basically like a um, well-regarded figurehead with a huge price on, on with huge bounty on her as well, but as it turns out, the um like the empire is also um in made an effort to um round up to, to round up um all the Alderanians that that um weren't killed when the planet was planet was destroyed. So hearing this, um, Leia hooks up with a uh, with a rather with a um so fairly standoffish um see a pilot who's also a survivor of. It's like of the planet, let's say of of Alderaan, and they go out to um, rescue rescue them. So, so from there, it's like um, Wade actually throws in some throws in some pretty clever pretty clever twists as Leia um, basically has to um, establish herself as a as a cap- as a cable commander. It's like who knows knows what she's doing. It's like and it it's like, and works pretty well. She shows that um, she she's a lot smarter than most most people give her credit for, and also turns out to be this the smartest person, smartest person. On, it's like, it's like in, it's like in the book by the end, end of the volume. It's cool seeing, it's cool seeing her. It's like, you know, like standard ground and basically, um, like resolve a lot of these situations without, let's see, it's like without, well, w- with resorting to clever uses of violence, it's like, as well as, um, diplomacy as well. So it's, so, so like I said, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's like, and it's like, uh, let's see. Oh, well, the art. Um, Terry Dodson. He's he's got a great. Um, he's got a great expressive, smooth style. But um, parts of this were very clearly rushed to point where like it's you kind of like play like to play a game of like spot the panel that um he spent five seconds on. It's like in each. It's like in each issue. So it's not. It doesn't reach. It's not. As bad as the um, last couple of pages, he had to bash out for um, for the Axis crossover, but um, but still, like you kind of wish that he had um, he had just been allowed or just taken more time to um, like to pull this off. But um, overall, it's like it's a good it's a good story that actually um, gets better as it goes goes along because it, it does start off you know telling kind of familiar like familiar setups, but um, by the end. Um, 
he, he has a, a couple of good twists with all the people who um, show up who show up to help Leia and shows that her um, that her method of doing things was the correct one after all, but not in a uh, you know sanctimonious way. Actually, like I said, it's clever. So so that that was a good read. Then you've got um, Star Wars um, like Journeys or let's say the full like um, jur- the full title Journey to Star Wars: The Force Awakens: Shattered Empire. Now, this is well. This is clearly meant to be a uh, like a prequel to the uh, it's like to the movie. Um, you know, it's like you kind of wonder. It's like you know what information um, do did they ch- were they choosing to um, to dispense in this? It's like it, in this comic book that would uh, make it a worthy lead up to the uh, to the, to the film because you know, hey, it's like obviously. Um, JJ and Co are keeping all of the uh, like all the good stuff, um, you know, very very close to their vests here. So it's kind of like you know, well, what exactly are they going to give writer Greg Rucka um, to work with here? It's like in order to tell an interesting story. Well, the uh, it's like the direction um, Rucka seems to have been given here was that um, was basically to uh, emphasize that a couple of things. One, that you know, after the uh, the second Death Star was destroyed and the Emperor. W- Emperor and Darth Vader were defeated, that um, the Empire simply did not um, roll over and die. Nope. They kept fighting, and that the Emperor also had um, several contingency plans in case he was just, he was ever um, it's like he, he, was ever just, he was ever killed. Um, one of them being a uh, special plan for Naboo. Then, then you've also got the uh, main character, um, Shara Bey. It's like a A-wing pilot with a rebellion, quite good at good at her job she's she manages she gets a lot of um a lot of key scenes with um with luke with luke skywalker in the first and fourth issues with um with han solo um early on and with um princess leia as she escorts her to naboo like in the middle it's like in the middle of the series so um, yeah that i want to it's to be cheaper for her to say she's kind of like forced gump in that way but you know hey she's rubbing shoulders with all the, uh, the major characters like of the star wars mythos in these four four issues here but you know she's a very she's portrayed as a very strong and capable pilot, and she's definitely someone I'd want to have um, watching my back in a battle. But and she's also um, let's see, and she's also um, um she's married to a uh, Kes Dameron. It's like as well, who's also who's a Pathfinder or basically Star Wars Special Forces. Now, if you hear the name Dameron, you think, wait a second, isn't that isn't um Oscar Isaac's character um named um Poe Dameron? That is correct. She and Kes are um. It's like our Poe's parents, and so it's like it's that's the other thing that the this, this series also has for you. It's like basically, I don't know what um, he's going to be like in, this, in the movie, but um, but like if you, but however um, he winds up being, however um, Poe winds up being in the movie, well, this is the, this is the series to show you like these are his parents, and they were pretty badass for the most part. So, so that so that was cool as well. And then at the very end, and then then that's like the first three issues, and then the fourth issue. Um, oh, um, Shara goes with Luke to, to um, go and rescue some shrubberies. I'm being a little facetious there, but no, really, that's really what they're doing, and it's not as silly as I'm making it sound. But you know, I still um, like you know, just like phrasing it that way because it's fun. Um, art, the art is a is a lot more uneven than the uh, than the previous one because while well, the pre- previous um, series all featured art from the uh, main. From from one from at least from one artist except for um Kanan, who the first five issues were done 
by Pepe, Pepe Larraz in the fifth, was done by Jacobo Kamagi, who still managed to maintain relative stylistic consistency with Larraz. Um, this one features three artists. Um, Marco Cicchetto does, um, does the first and fourth issues, as well as parts of two and three. Um, Angel Unzueta does, does parts of two and three, and um, Emilio Liso does, um, par- does some scenes on page from issue two. Um, it's, yeah, there's, it's a, makes for like a um, very uneven read in terms of, in terms of artistic consistency, but, because I gotta admit, um, Chichetto, well, the guy showed me on um, Avengers World, he's more than capable of handling um, big, bold superhero action. Well, he's also very capable of handling big, bold um, science fiction action here. So he does a great job with all the stuff he's given, like from showcasing key parts of the, um, like of the battle for, the battle of Endor. It's like, and then um, other, just other ran, random battle scenes, like the, uh, like fight, like, um, like a fight, like battles, like space battle over, like the space battle over Naboo, or um, Luke and Amshara um, making their raid on the Imperial, it's like on the on an Imperial base. Guys, guys, one to watch. So just um, hopefully he'll be given you know enough time in future issues, to just you know, not um, be able to like actually draw them as opposed to just you know get them out as soon as possible. So, but oh, and also um, Shattered Empire was also only four issues long. So to pad out the trade paperback release, Star Wars threw in. I mean, Marvel threw in the first issue of um, Princess Leia, and for a um, interesting bit of um, historical, which can only be read as a um, amusing historical document, the first issue of their um, Star Wars uh, comic back from 1977. Which, yeah, it's it makes her a very interesting read, particularly with the just just to see how much different the style style was for Star Wars comics back in the day, and just like how much stuff they were able to cram in in terms of dialogue dialogue and plot it's like in like in a single issue because i mean the first first issue is like the first half hour of the movie right to the point where luke um like is about to get his um skull caved in by the uh by the tuscan raiders so so i gotta admit it's like that was that was actually a kind of nice nice bonus and if you're gonna throw in you know you know just some random issues to um pad out the, the length of a trip back best make them at least interesting historical documents like this so, overall, uh, Marvel overall Marvel's done a, a pretty good job, um, like by the uh, Star by the Star Wars series, and it's also but it is worth noting that they've basically just you know like stuck you know stuck mainly to just you know like focusing on established characters, um, it's like established characters and just you know just flushing them out, flushing them out. You're not going to see um, any like. It's like any weird um, miniseries about distaffed characters, or like you know Luke's um, drug-addled grandson that we saw from, from Dark Horse. In fact, you get the feeling that I mean, after a certain point, you know, you realize that Dark Horse, you know, kind of kept pursuing this because they you know gave them much more creative freedom to just you know go after these like these other um we, these other um offshoot sto- stories, but um stories that didn't focus on characters who had a lot of um you know history and continuity attached to them. But um, with you know the slate being wiped clean, it's like you know, it's like Marvel's got you know pretty pretty free reign to just you know do what they want without being contradicted by uh, you know every by like um lots of by by dozens of books. It's like in other other comic books that have happened over the years. So, and um, there's also no denying the fact that you're getting they're getting like A-list talent like um Aaron, um Guylan, um Wade and Rucka to write these stories. Um, that they um definitely read a lot. 
like read a lot better than some of the than the uh, the most of Dark Horse's other other stuff. Still, it's like I still still like there's lots. Dark Horse has had a lot of has did a lot of good years of Star Wars comics, and Marvel's got a like you know long way to go before they're able to like you know match up to that that particular library. In fact, you know they're going in they're reprinting Dark Horse's certain portions of Dark Horse's library as well. Still. I don't know. It's like it's. I'm still worried that at some point, you know, Star Wars will cease to be this big, shiny new thing that Marvel has to play with, and eventually they're going to start, you know, just tossing out, just um, tossing this stuff to whoever's um available. It's like we're just going to start, you know, not getting um the A list of the industry working on this, on this series, and you know, and eventually quality quality will, will suffer. Still, for now, it's resulted in some pretty entertaining, pretty entertaining comics, and um, it's like so far. They're, and they haven't released. They have yet to release one that you know I really have. I really have yet to dislike. So, kudos to Marvel on that, on this regard. And you know, hey, for all I know, these um like these five volumes may be more entertaining than the film itself when, when it, than the new film when it comes out. We shall see. Okay, John, any thoughts on your end? Would you like to put money on that? Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know, that's interesting. Um, because uh, you know, with my careful optim op- being carefully optimistic viewpoint on the on the new movie that's coming out, um, you know, there is a really good possibility that what you said is true. So, um, and uh, we'll see. Um, uh, you know, but uh, you know, we kind of know the track record of certain people who direct certain films and you know and uh it wouldn't surprise me if you know uh what was it that our friend steve said when we were sitting there uh watching the trailers during just before mad max fury road and we saw the trailers for like jurassic jurassic world and and uh and all these other things and he said (laughs) what was it um greatest hits that was it i don't (laughs) want star wars to be a greatest hits thing i want it to be Fresh new characters, you know, you know, uh, yeah, I get it. It's going to be good versus evil. That's cool. I'm good with those concepts, you know, but, uh, you know, what's going to happen? Are we going to love these characters, you know? And um, um, as for, you know, your uh, commentary on, you know, the the Marvel volumes here, um, I'd say that, uh, well, in your opinion, they, is it, is it something there? They they have big shoes to fill in terms of plot and what Dark Horse had done before it. Yeah, it's like I mean, the Dark Horse stuff is kind of like what I was re- what got me into uh, comics in the first like in the first place. And, I, and even if like you know some of that stuff doesn't read really really well in hindsight, you know they were still there's still been a ton of good stuff over the years that um, hey like. That you know, hey, it's like even if um, not all of it was great, there's still like a huge, a huge volume of, of stuff that was like that was good more often than it was not. I mean, Marvel's kind of you know they're kind of like you know bursting right out the gates here with the stuff with this stuff, but it's just a question of whether or not you know is it going to always be this good, or you know is Marvel going to slowly lose interest with it? Basically, will it fizzle out and fade away? Will it fizzle out, and then will, dar- will they give the license back to Dark Horse? Yeah, like as it as it happened, um, 
as it happened back in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about history repeating itself, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Might be yeah, like that. that whole thing, like, hey, who forgot about the Force in 30 years, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, we'll, we're going to see about that. <laughs> so, anyway. So, um, all right. Well, you know, time will tell. Um, but, uh, you know, on both fronts, am I not right? So Yeah, so we guys will find out about one thing much sooner than the other. This is true. All right, well, um, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Well, um, speaking of Dark Horse, um, one of their other um, um, long-running manga series um, recently wrapped up. So my thoughts on um, all 37 volumes of Gantz next time. All right, and we'll talk to you later on Comic Picks by the Glick. Later, bye.